listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, Lord, let's turn it around. How many, how many needs a turn around in their life today? Come on. Everybody online, wave to me at home. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would turn things around for us in our lives. Lord, we pray not only for our own lives, we pray for our nation. Lord, we pray for the world right now that's really in a mess. We ask you for a turnaround. But Lord, as we bring it back local today to Northampton, for those in the building, those online, we ask you that you would do something supernaturally, Lord, in our lives. Do something that we can't do, Lord. We pray that you will visit us this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, today we give you all the glory and all the praise. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We thank you that we're not alone. We thank you, Jesus, that you sent us, the comforter, the one to stay with us until the return of Jesus. Thank you that you live with us, but also in us. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you, Lord God, for everything we need for life and godliness. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in this place. And we ask you that you have liberty. You are God, the Holy Spirit. We ask you to move amongst people in this place, Lord, and touch their hearts today. Lord, let a supernatural manifestation of your presence, Lord, touch people's hearts, renew their minds. Lord God, and I pray for change in their circumstances. And so, Lord, we trust you today that, Lord, that you are faithful and that you will do it. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. And thank you so much for coming today. And also for you that switched online, God bless you. Just want to give you a little update. If you've not, uh, you don't know that we're actually going towards a new building. I don't know if you can zoom in on that. Don't get my face in because it will frighten people on the TV. You get me too close up. Um, so if you can, I don't know if you can see that on there somewhere. Okay, cool. So if you go on our website, if you're new to our church and you click on buildings, you'll get this on. It will say new building opportunity. There'll be a video, also a video of the building that itself. And there's three options that you can choose to get involved. If you think this is a part, you want to be a part of our church in the future, then there's three things that you can do. The first thing is that you can uh, put down your skills, your availability to help us when we actually get into this new place. So availability, your skills, whatever it is, your profession that you think you could help us with the future, just press on skills and you can put your details. Secondly, pray. You can begin to keep praying for us that God will begin to do things to help us to cross the line for this new building. And then finally, you can give financially. Also, many of you have been giving financially, so thank you so much. Also, there's another button on there for a pledge that if you can't give now, but you can give uh, down the road, then please do that. It just helps us to budget. We're trying to raise £150,000 for our first phase. Um, the church, with the sale of the building and um, our deposit, we've got everything to get the mortgage from Elam to uh, gain access to the building. And we just need that money 
So when we go there, that we can have everything we need just for our first phase so we can have church together and begin to build. I think now it's going up every week, our building fund. I think it's around 28,000 or nearly 30,000 now. Uh, so thank you so much for every penny that's given. And all we ask, if this is your church, all we ask is that you ask the Lord what he wants you to give and just give your best gift. And uh, that's all that we're asking. There's no, no manipulation. There's no pressure. But all we're asking is that you ask the Lord, what is it, apart from your normal tithes and offerings, what is it that you want me to give towards the building? And then just respond to that. And that's all we ask. And so thank you so much for your giving those that's pledged and those that are saying they're going to give. It's really exciting. And so hopefully in the next week or so, we'll be nearly in a position to go to change of use to put our plans to the council. So a few of those things that we've been praying for, we've had some good answers this week. We just got to tick the box next Wednesday and then we should be on our way to going for change of use. And then we really need a step of our prayers then. And so we'll start to call some more prayer meetings and also fasting with that. So it's really exciting, but please, if you feel this is your church, then please come on, let's sign up for gifts, pray, and if you can, please give towards the building fund. Okay, we're going to continue our um, theme on faith. It's a really exciting season for us because we're not just preaching about faith, we're actually going to have to live it out, especially with this new building project. I mean, it's putting our church in a position that we've never been in. We've never in the life of our, well, since I've been the pastor, we've never actually appealed for, big, for money to do something for the Lord because the church, God's always provided for us to do what we need to do. But in this season, with this new building, we are getting out of our comfort zone. We're really stepping out of the boat. We really, ha we really have to trust God in this next move. So we're praying, Lord, let your will be done. Open the doors if it's your will. Close them if it's not. But at the moment, every door seems to be opening. We're not far off from the finish line. So keep praying. But it is scary. You know, faith is scary. If anybody in this room says, you know what, I'm not really, um, you know, I'm full of faith. I'm not scared. And I'm thinking, I want to question your faith. Because the truth is, like, you know, when you really step out in faith, even though you believe God, it's quite scary. Because you're not, you're not quite sure how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But that's faith. Faith is trusting in God that he will do what he says that he will do. So the title of the message today is that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So earnestly seeking God results in obeying God. That's what it is, not just seeking and praying. Because you know, every time we pray, it's interesting that God always responds with people doing something towards that prayer. You know, Jesus sort of said, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Father of Harvest. And then he said to the disciples, right now you go and make disciples. So prayer and then application to our lives to go accomplishes God's will in our lives. But we need faith. And so faith, in, when we talk about saving faith, it's a little bit different to this kind of faith, walking out your faith. So saving faith comes in what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross Nothing that we can bring to God, nothing that we can do for God. The only way that we can come into a relationship with God and be forgiven of all our sins is that we put our total trust 
in what he has done for us on the cross. And once we make a decision in our heart and mind to say, yes, I've lived my life my way and it's not worked out. I can't earn brownie points with God on my achievements or my good works, but I choose now to believe in what Jesus has done for me only on the cross. And once I put my faith in him, then salvation is a miracle. Once you take that step of faith of putting your trust in Jesus, because it is a faith step, you say, okay, Lord, I remember that day when I said to God, if you're real, then make yourself known to me. I give my life to you. It's a step of faith. There's nothing that I can bring to the party. It has to be you and what you've done for me. Your works on the cross is the only way through faith brings salvation to your life. So when you put your trust in Jesus, then a miracle happens. When you really do that, when you say, Lord, I, I give my life to you, I believe you, I know you died for me, but I, you know, I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I want to put my life into your hands. That's faith. And then the, the miracle of salvation happens, of conversion, where the Holy Spirit, the power of God, the presence of God, the person of God, comes into your heart and he makes the change from the inside out. He puts the lights on. He brings your spirit alive to God. And now connection to God becomes alive. That's, the, that's saving faith. You can't get saved by your good works. You can't say, get saved by your heritage or your network or how many you know, Facebook tweets or likes you've got. It's got nothing to do with what you, what you can bring to the table. It's all about putting your trust in what God has done for you. Now, so now when you receive this saving this saving grace, this faith in Ephesians 2 says that you're saved by grace, it's not yourself, it's a gift of God, so nobody can boast. I love that. It's got to be down to God only through what he's done on the cross through Jesus. But now that we're born again, now that God has come alive to us, we have to walk by faith and not by sight. We have to live by faith, but you're living by faith not for your salvation. You, you are not trying to live by faith to get saved. You're already saved. You are now living out your faith in your walk with God to do what he's called you to do. That's a different kind of faith. And now there is obedience to what God says, but that kind of faith also doesn't exist on your good works. It's response to what God says to you, no matter what condition your life is in, when you respond to what God says, then the miracles happen. But it takes obedience now that we're saved. So I remember clearly when, when I heard the voice of God speak to me because the, 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 the Lord speaks to us through the word of God and he also speaks through his spirit so he can speak into your heart and to your mind. He can speak through other people, through prophecy. He can speak through dreams and visions. He can, he can speak through circumstances. But all those things will always match the character of God in the Bible. And so God will not tell you to do something that's not in Scripture, in a sense, the principles of Scripture. Um, you know, there's not a shopping list in Scripture, but there's principles to know, is God in this? And so when God speaks to you, something happens. Faith are, comes alive in your heart because faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so I remember in the house, then when we just got married, me and Linda, and I'm looking through some documents to pay a phone bill in those days, the old phones that you dial, and I'm looking through, and for some reason, in, in, that, in the documents, I pulled out this document, and it said Bible College, Elam Bible College. And I thought, what's that doing in there? And as soon as I, I said that, this voice inside my heart, it sounded like it was really loud in my head, 
I want you to go to Bible college. And, and I only started to know God probably a few months then. But I recognized it was the voice of God for some. I just knew it was the Lord. And uh, I just thought, well, there's no way I can, I can do that because I've left school at 15. I've got no education. And I'm going to go to Bible college. I've never read a book in my life. It's impossible. So when Linda, Linda just finished work at a travel agent, she walked through the door, came home about four o'clock. I'm stood in the, in the living room. She walked, I remember it this day. She walked to the staircase, just about to change her clothes to come back. And, and, you know. and so I said to her, would you go upstairs and ask God what he just told me that we need us to do? Now, I'm a young Christian, but I, I heard God, and I'm thinking, it's not going to, it's impossible. So she goes upstairs, and she's up there for about half an hour. I'm thinking, she fell asleep. <laughs> so I remember she comes walking down the stairs, and I said, well, what's God said? With a big grin on my face, thinking, this is not going to. She said, God's told us we've got to go to Bible college. And I went, oh. So I'm thinking, how's this going to happen? And so then I go to church the next day, because I'm helping the pastor clean the church up. And I remember I had a brush and I'm sweeping the, inside the auditorium, sleep, sweeping the floor. And one of the elders comes out of the door in the church and he says, hey, morning, Jason. He said, have you ever thought about going to Bible college? And I went, not until you just said that. I'm sure that God spoke to me and Linda. And that was the journey. But faith comes by hearing. But the thing is, I wasn't equipped. I wasn't, had, had the ability for it. But all I had to do was respond to God's word. It wasn't easy, but we did it by faith. That's what faith means. You, you respond to what God is saying to you. And he rewards those who earnestly seek after him, who want his will, who want to do what God's asked them to do. That's the key of faith. And, and, and a relationship with God takes trust. If we're going to go from small faith to great faith, we have to learn to trust God. In any relationship, one of the, the main keys in having a healthy relationship is trust. And so when trust is broken, relationships begin to dismantle. But faith and trust is built by keeping our word. And so you know that in some of your relationships, you have people in the past, and this is not to knock anybody, but you know people that's always said to you, I'll make sure I'll be there on time. I'll never let you down. And how many times has that person said it month after month, week after week, year after year, and still don't turn up on time? What happens is it's not that they're bad people, it's just that you can't trust them. Come on, say amen. So how do you learn to build trust? Is that when somebody says they're going to do something, that's great. But the truth of trust is when they actually do it, when they put what they've said in action. And so, you know, it's really important that if you're going to spend your life with somebody, it's important that you, you need to test whether you can trust them or not. Do you honor your word? Do you do what you say you're going to do? Now, there's times that I forgot what I said I'm going to do, but I've not done it intentionally. But if I say things, no, I'm not going to do it, that is just not helpful. And it'll never build relationship. And so, if you're going to build a relationship with God, it's on the same principle. You're not going to obey him in what he's asked you to do if you don't trust him. And the only way you can learn to trust him is this, if that he actually backs up what he tells you to do. 
So if he tells you to do something, like we've heard this morning, you know, test me in this, bring your tithes and offerings and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. So, so God is testing him, you, to test him to see if he'll honor his word in your life. But you'll never know if God is faithful in your finances if you don't do what he's asked you to do. You'll never experience the faithfulness of God in that area. It's, I'm not talking about money today, I'm talking about faith. Because it's going to take faith to do what Matey said today and to bring your time into the storehouse. It's got nothing to do with your money, it's to do with your faith. And so do you believe, as we said, what is faith? Faith is, is acting, um, acting as though you believe that God is telling the truth. Wow. Wow, that is powerful, isn't it? And so when God says bring, and I'm only talking about this not, not to, to make anybody feel ugly, but I want to talk about it because it's the only way in Scripture where God says, test me. It's a big area of our life. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one or hate the other. You can't serve God and money. It's a big deal because trust in the area of finances, if you can manage that, then you'll be able to manage other things very easy. Because finances is a big part of our life. And God says, I want, if you can trust me with your money, you can trust me with your life. And so he says, come on, test me in this and see if I will not. So God doesn't open the windows of heaven before obedience. Because the only way that you can begin to trust God is when you step out in faith, God responds to your faith and honors what he said he will do. And when God honors what he says he will do and it manifests in your life, your faith muscles begin to grow and your trust in God grows. So then you, on your walk with God is when he tells you to do something in his word and by his spirit and you do it and you get the results of what God says, you begin to trust and your walk with God is stronger than ever before. And your faith then is very difficult to get shaken. That's why Jesus said, if anybody hears my word and puts it into practice, He'd be like a man or a woman that builds their house on a rock when the winds come, when the storm comes. They'll still stand. Why? Because we trusted that God is faithful and he will do what he says he will do. Here's a clue for you. God has told us in Scripture that he's a God that cannot lie. So whenever God tells you to do something, it's impossible not for him to follow up, but you'll never experience the follow-up until you take a step of trust. Because God wants you to trust him. It's about relationship. He wants you to know that he's reliable. But if you do not learn to trust him and take steps of faith, you'll never know his faithfulness. And you'll always be floating here and there in your walk with God. Because it's about knowing a person. Knowing you can rely on them when they say what they say is going to happen. That's the walk of faith. And so it's about our, it's the depth of our relationship with God. If God says it, I'm going to believe it. If God says it, I'm going to do it. Why? I know I, I'm not got the ability. I know I haven't got the resources. I know I haven't got the, 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 uh, the, the, the intelligence. But I know if God says it, then he must know that he can achieve it. And so I want to deal with one of the things in our lives where I think is a blockage because it's amazing that anyone in this room and online that will obey the word of God I guarantee you that the promises of God will manifest in your life, either now or future. They will. It's impossible not for them to do it. But it's going to take faith, 
trust in a person. That's why God will always ask you to do something that's beyond you. Because he wants you to trust him, that with him all things are possible. And so one of the ways that God demonstrates his faithfulness to us is that when we respond to hearing God's word. Now that's personally when we do our devotions daily, when God speaks to us and he speaks into our heart, you need to forgive that person, you need to go and do that. When you respond to that, it releases blessing in your life. It releases God's promise over your life. When you're, when you're in an environment like this and the teaching environment, when the preaching and the teaching goes, and when God speaks through his word and it lands in your heart and you go, God spoke to me, I need to do that. When you respond to that by faith in obedience to his word, the blessing follows. See, f- signs follow the preaching of the word. They never come before it. Because without that, if it always gives you stuff without you taking a step of faith, you'd never learn trust. So this is the issue of faith. And so one of the ways is demonstrating God's faithfulness is that when we hear the word of God, we put it into practice. If we hear it, speak it, believe it, write it, post it, tweet it, and do not do it, we'll never see the promises fulfilled in our lives. Come on, say amen. Now this is, a, this is so important for us because it's not rocket science. God has made it so easy, but the issue is, is us trusting God. That's the bottom line. It's trusting what he says to our lives. I want to share a testimony with you that I've had permission from a young man in our church. And he sent me this this week. He said, hello, Pastor Jason. I hope you're doing well. I'm the young man who spoke to you after today's service at the Savoy. My heart is filled with joy and I thought to share his faithfulness. I applied for my first mortgage around May and June. I believed it was around the same time the new church project was, was made known to the congregation. My focus was to save all I could for myself first and give towards the church project when I've completed my mortgage application. I was wrong. My mortgage application got declined. I felt sad, disappointed and low. This was because I wanted to move to my new place by July, which is also my birthday month. I recall what Pastor Linda preached on in one of her offering talks. She said, we should put the Lord to the test. Also, during one of your many preaches, you once said, we should give in obedience to God, not necessarily for what we can get in return from God. I made a commitment to give an amount from July towards the church project, paying an amount for the next five months. I prayed and had some clarity, so I decided to apply again for the mortgage. On the 6th and 7th of July, I made my first payment towards the church building. And on the 13th of July, I got an email confirming my mortgage offer. Listen, I checked again just to make sure it wasn't the mortgage in principle. It was definitely the mortgage offer. God willing, I'll be moving in the next few weeks This is just one of the things that God has really shown his faithfulness, most especially when I gave my finances. I'd always shy away from talking about such things, but this is not merely an happening. Listen to what he says. God moved when I moved first. Now, just let me tell you, this is not a combination for you to get a mortgage. 
you see, the, the problem in church life is we think we're well, the tactics in getting God to do stuff. No, this is about God speaking to him in this situation and he obeyed God. So don't all leave him going, oh, I'm going to put some money in the building for them. I want to get a mortgage. <laughs> What's God said to you? Because that's the key. When I moved first, God moved. See, that's faith. I want to thank this young man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Anyone else that, that God gives testimonies, it might not be about finances, but when you've taken a step of faith, see what God does. Email us. It's good to tell stories that actually Jesus is alive. He actually does what he says he's going to do in his word. And so without faith, it's impossible to please God because the next slide says this in Hebrews 11. For anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Is that on the screen? And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because he knows that faith builds trust with him. Because all God wants you to do is know his character, that he's a good God. All he wants us to know is that whatever he does, he's doing it for our benefit, whether it doesn't look like it at the time. That's the, that's the journey of faith. Because anyone that comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. But do you know something? It's so good when you hear about others being blessed for their faith steps. You know, some, we all applauded today because of somebody else's faith. And, um, you know, I was thinking about what should I talk to you about this week because I've got a few sermons about faith. But because of my own encounter with God a few weeks ago, of God speaking to me about my life and journey of faith, I thought I probably need to share this with you today. Because it's so easy to know that God can bless others. But it is difficult at times to know that God would bless me. And that God would use me. And do you know, I've realized that it can be a blockage to experience God's faithfulness. It's not that I don't believe that God is a good God and God can do anything. I really do believe that God can do anything. There's nothing impossible for him. And I do believe that God can bless you. And I'm so great that it's amazing the steps of faith that you can do. And I'm so confident that he can bless you. But when it comes to him blessing me and doing things through me, that can be another story. Because sometimes we do not believe that God would do it for me. And I found in Scripture that is so true. Because you look at Moses, you look at Gideon, and when God declared over their lives what he wanted them to do, they all responded, you've got the wrong person. You, you, I know you can do it, and I know you can do it through him because he's gifted or she's gifted, but you definitely can't do it through me. And somehow that blocks God's faithfulness being manifest in our life because of our unbelief in that God could use me and bless me and do it through me and in me. And it's a struggle and it's something that we have to deal with in church. We have to get this shifty because if I spoke to you individually and go, I know that you believe in God, I know you're trusting, but do you really believe he can do that through you? And I know that some of you would hesitate. Why? Because we look to our inadequacy. 
We look to what we do in our walk with God and we go, there's no way that God would do it through me. And so when we look to Scripture, let me read this to you in the next one. It's Luke 1, chapter 5. There's an amazing story which I hope is going to set many of us free today. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Abraham of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was served as priest before God, he was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of the incense. Can you imagine this? When Zechariah saw him, he startled and was gripped with fear, wouldn't you be? But the angel said to him, it was Gabriel, and the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Wow. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to talk, take wine or other permanent drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents and their children and the disobedient to their wisdom of the righteousness to, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And so I don't know if you, can, if you can get better qualifications. If you, if you look at Zachariah's life, you would say, of course God's going to use him. Just look, at, just look at him. Look at the description about him and his wife. Of course God will use him. He had all the right characteristics for God. No wonder the angel turned up to him. And I, and I want to list to you the reasons why we think that God would just speak to us and use us because of, of what, what we do and who we are and think because we don't match up to those and God can't use me. But, but what is astounds me when you look at Zachariah's life and his devotion to God and an encounter with an angel, his response to the angel. This is the response in verse 18. Zachariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. What was Zachariah's problem? Zachariah did not believe that God could use him. I find it fascinating why he would think that. And the angel responded to him in verse 19. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. He's going, what more do you want? What more do you want? I have been sent to speak to you and tell you about the good news. And now, listen to this, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you 
did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. If we were to look at this man's life, how can he respond like that to God's word? You see, the problem is that we can believe that nothing is impossible for God, but the problem is that we don't believe at times that God will do it through me. Zachariah was a man of the scriptures. He obviously went back to Genesis and knew that Abraham and Sarah was also old. He also knew that he was 100 and she was 90. Well past their years. But yet God fulfilled his promise through Sarah with Isaac for a child. He knew his scriptures. He was a priest. He was in the ministry. He was chosen by God at that moment to go in the temple and offer a sacrifice. Around 8,000 priests at that time, over 24 different, um, uh, uh, what they call them, regiments. Or, or, and he was the eighth, and 300 in each of 24. And that day he was chosen by God to go in the temple. And then it says this, that he was a righteous man and his wife fulfilling all the commands of the Lord. Wow, what a pedigree. Also that they was connected to the right people. They were, they were relationship with Aaron, the priesthood. They couldn't get a better pedigree. And then finally, he has an encounter with an angel. If anybody was going to believe God, it must have been him. Why? Because he had everything going right for him. He had everything that we believe puts us in a position for God to do great things through. But when it come to it, there was a problem. He didn't believe in himself. So you can know the scriptures. You can be devoted in the temple. You can have encounters with angels. You can live a righteous life and obey all the commands. You can be connected to the right pastor, the right preacher. You can be right network. But when it comes to obeying God, you just don't believe that God would use you. And because of that belief, God still fulfilled his promises, but he couldn't go to the party. And his mouth was silenced for nine months until the promise was fulfilled. And what agony it was trying to communicate the faithfulness of God when he couldn't even speak. All because... He wouldn't believe the word of God because he looked at his own ability and he brought down God's ability of fulfilling his promise over his life. See, when you look to, to Mary, this young virgin who never had any experience, who wasn't a priest, who wasn't in the ministry, who never had much experience, when the angel turned up to her, her response was this, Lord, whatever you said, I'm going to do it different response. She realized that she had nothing to fall back on, only God's word. If he said it, he can do it. And that's what God looks for in our lives. And I just want to know this morning in your life, what is it that stops you from saying and believing that God will do it for you today? Of course you can believe it for the person next to you because they're so anointed and so gifted. Of course you can believe it for the person behind you because of their devotion but my question is, what about you today? What about you? Do you really believe 
that God can do amazing things through you? Do you really believe that God can do amazing things for you? Because that is so important. You see, we read the, ter- the text that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And I've been thinking about this. You see, a reward comes from our achievements, doesn't it? It comes from our good results, our good behavior, our coming top of the class. So rewards only are given to achievers and the gifted and the talented and those that deserve it. But the truth is that the manifestation of faith does not come because we deserve anything. It does not come because of how good we are, how versed we are, how, de- how dependent are we are on, the, on intelligence or our gifting, our network, or even our ethics. Because the reward that comes from God through faith is only received by those who put their trust and seek Him. It's got nothing to do with your ability. It's got nothing to do with you, how you are today. It's got everything to do with God's ability in our lives. And I just want to, I'm going to pray with some of you today. Because I had to pray over me this last couple of weeks. And to break down a lie that I've been living with. And I don't know how long for. I don't think I've always been like it, but you know when some things don't go right and you believe God for something and it doesn't turn and it doesn't come out that way and you think, oh, I wonder if it's me. And, and, you, and you, you haven't got as much faith next time God speaks to you about blessing you and, and doing something for you and you pull back. And I, me and Linda was on a FaceTime with two good friends of ours, another minister, and we were speaking about the building project. And I, and I was saying to him, you know, this building of opportunity, it's amazing, but, you know, what, what, what if it doesn't happen? What am I going to do with the people in the church, you know? They'll be all excited. How, how, and this is, I'm being honest with you. How are we going to pastor the people through disappointment? And I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not there yet where I can say, come on, I'm just a little bit reluctant just in case they get disappointed. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying that, justifying the reason why I haven't got as much faith as I need. And then they said this to me. He said, Jason, is that the real reason? Or is it the reason that you believe that God will let you down? And I stopped. And I saw Linda on on this side of the Zoom and I looked straight at this guy and and for the first time I paused in my mind and I realized, do you know something? That's the truth. Yes, I was concerned about the church if this doesn't happen. But do you know something? Deep down in my spirit, I actually didn't really believe that God would do it for me. And I had to begin to ask God to forgive me. I asked him to, to change my thinking. That he would, he's not doing it for me because I'm a good person. He's not doing it for me because I'm his favorite. God will do it for any of his children that will believe him. You might not be good enough, clever enough, have enough money in the bank. That's got nothing to do with that. It's whether or not that you believe that he will bless you because he loves you unconditionally. And the very proof of that, my dear friends, is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And the Apostle Paul says, if he give him Jesus for you, how much more will he give you all things?
So the basis of our faith is based on him, not me. And over this last two weeks, I've been changing my thinking and saying, Lord, forgive me. I, of course you can do it through me because it's not about my ability, it's about your ability. It's not about my will, it's about your will. And Lord, if you've said it, if you've willed it, you're going to do it and you're going to do it through me. And I just wonder today, in your walk with God, do you really believe that God wants to bless you? Do you really believe that God will do great things through you? So Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks. Oh, that's a great word, everyone. Doesn't give any criteria, but everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he says this. It's probably the reason why we're not asking. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, that's the problem. For those who ask him, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those that ask him? The worship team can come on now. Let's stand together. James 1 says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. The key to faith is not looking at our ability, but his ability. It's not looking at our lack of resources, but his abundant resources. It's not looking at our lack of power, but his unlimited power. If God said it, he will do it. And he will surely do it. And we can be a part of it on this journey. And one particular person in Scripture, what we're going to finish on and we're going to pray, that I want to be like this man in Scripture. 1 Chronicles 4 on our last slide. Jabez was more honourable than his brother's. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the Lord, to the God of Israel. Listen to his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. 
Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And this is the next verse. I love it. And God granted his request. And what about you today? What about you if you're leaning God and call upon him and trust him and call out to him and seek him? Why wouldn't he answer you? Not the person next to you, not the person behind you, not the person on God's channel, not the preacher, not the anointed person. No, you. You with all your baggage, you with all your failures, you with all your hiccups, you with all your doubts. You, if only you would say, okay, God, here I am. Bless me. I'm going to receive it because you love me unconditionally, not because of my good works, because of your son, Jesus. And if you're here today in this room and you can honestly say, hand on heart, you know something? Today, the pennies dropped. I need to change my thinking. From this moment, I am going to believe that God wants to bless me and use me. And if you struggle with that in your heart, if you struggle with that, I want to pray for you. I want to pray because the Bible says that we need to renew our minds. That kind of thinking stops God. Stops God. And so if you're here today and you're saying, Jason, I was like you last week. Not sure if God will do it for me. If that's you, be honest today. Because the only way to freedom is honesty. And I want you to respond in your heart and say, Lord, I'm sorry that you wouldn't bless me. You died for me. If you died for me, how much more will you give me everything I need? Lord, forgive me for not believing you bless me. If that's you, put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for a miracle today. That God renews your mind, that he'll remove the blockage, maybe from your your past, maybe from your mistakes, maybe from whatever's happened to you, maybe from bad experiences. Those things can cause us not to believe that God would do it for me. Maybe you've failed in life. Maybe you've failed in things. You think, I just don't, I'm not, I'm at the back of the queue for God's blessing. I want to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not true. Lord Jesus, every heart and mind in this church that's carried that lie into church today and online, I ask now to remove it by the blood of Jesus. Because when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. And so, Lord, I speak the truth every, over every child of God in this place, every person online. Lord, I pray, Lord, the love of God will fill the heart knowing that you want to bless them. Not based on their performance, but based on your faithfulness. And so, Father, I ask you to release the blessing of God over everyone in this room. I ask you, Father, to do a fresh work in our hearts that, Father God, that we will believe you when you want to bring blessing into our lives. I want to tell you, you're not too old, you're not too young, you're not too dumb, you're not too, too broke. Your failures are not too many for God to bless you. 
do something new in you. Because when you believe him, the faithfulness of God will manifest in your life or you begin to trust him more. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that every promise that's supposed to go to people in this room, every promise that you want to fulfill in life, I pray, Lord, that they receive it in their lives. I pray they receive it, Lord. Every blessing you prepared for them, every adventure, Lord, that's in their future, every good thing, every good gift that you want to bring into their lives, I ask you for everyone would say amen to it in the name of Jesus. They will not look to their inability but yours. And I ask it in the name of Jesus.